Hey there, people of the interwebs. Uh, this is Brandon Noel. Welcome to the Bookies Podcast. If you've never been with us, this is a uh, book club podcast where once a month we read a book and sit around a group of friends and discuss the plot and and the book and all that. Um, but before we get going, uh, we got a couple of a uh, little bit of business. If you're listening to this as this goes up, uh, November eighth. Uh, is the uh, presidential election in the United States. I just want to say get out there and vote. Uh, I don't need to know who you're voting for. I don't want you to know who I'm voting for. Uh, We don't talk politics. We talk books. Um, But get out there and vote. Uh, this, This is literally one of the most important things you can do as a citizen of the United States. We have a 48% voter turnout rate, and that is not um, cool. Uh, especially when, like, India has a 92% voter turnout rate and it's not mandatory voting. Like, they legitimately get out and vote. So, just saying, people, please get out and vote. Um, also, if you're listening to this as it goes live, November 5th, if you're in the uh, Temecula, Menifee area, the Down Syndrome Buddy Walk at the uh, MSJC Menifee campus uh, it's a great fundraiser, great charity. Uh, I'm going to be out there with uh, my sword fighting group, and uh, we're just going to be trying to raise money for Down Syndrome research in our local Down Syndrome uh, 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 society. So please come out. It's a great cause. Um, also, uh, November 19th and 20th, if you're going to be in Palm Springs, Southern California area, I'll uh, be out there at the Palm Springs Comic Con at the Hard Rock Hotel. It's going to be a great show. They're having a reunion for the Land of the Lost cast. Um, Yes, the original Land of the Lost cast. Um, uh, There's also several amazing animators, uh, voice actors, people who worked on Darkwing Duck. Your childhood come to life. Um, And I'll be out there with a table selling uh, Mr. Cuddles as well as a few of our other books. Um, so, uh, uh, also before we get into this, um, the Facebook page, we have a new Facebook page for the bookies. This is just for book lovers and the podcast and it's not connected to Destiny Comics or 8-Bit Pulp. It is just for the podcast and, and, uh, we'll be posting book stuff and book related things. And, uh, so you can go to facebook.com slash bookies. Um, so, uh, support and like, if you're a fan of the podcast, we need all the help we can get. Please share. Um, if you're listening to iTunes, uh, comment, um, like, it helps other people find the podcast. Um, thank you guys so much. I can see from the, 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 the web insight stuff that we are getting listeners. So I just want to say thank you for those of you who have been with us since episode one and are sticking on. So thank you. Uh, this episode is uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <clears throat> uh, past this point, there be spoilers. So if you're unfamiliar with the the book or the movie, maybe you want to put this down and read a good book. It's, it's a good book to start with. So um, uh, thank you and please enjoy the podcast.
terms, that's a fairly long time. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty ancient. Mm-hmm. That's when dial-up was still on. <laughs> it was. Uh, we was talking about dial-up today. <laughs> AOL CDs. <laughs> AOL CDs. <laughs> My first laptop still has AOL on it. It had eight megabytes of memory. <laughs> oh, you're never going to use eight <laughs> megabytes normally on that. And I had to plug a modem into it that ran at a blazing 1400 baud, which you double that to get to the 28, and you double that to get up to the... 56? Yeah, the 5600, which was standard. So I was like... That much slower than standard. I had a friend send me an email with an attachment. Took you it took years. me 16 hours oh to download the attachment. Oh and then it didn't do me any good. He had sent me that song, Here's Your Sign. My computer didn't have a sound card. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I spent 16 hours downloading this attachment. And he goes... Hey, did you like that attachment I sent you? I said, my computer won't play it. Oh, oh, it's this really cool song. Here's your sign. I go, my computer doesn't have a sound card. <laughs> oh. That's a good here sign. Yeah, because back then that wasn't considered like a, like a true necessity. <laughs> it wasn't no. Here's the thing. I was editing and filming a YouTube-like sketch show about three years before YouTube existed. <laughs> so there was like we were uploading the files to like iPlayer. Oh my god. And like we thought we were amazing because there was a we had thirty people watching our skits. <laughs> but we had in the chat room we had thirty people like were following us. It was yes, yes, yes. we famous. Three years before YouTube. It was just like, oh my god. That's like thirty <laughs> views, you're a failure. I remember when the first trailer for the first Harry Potter movie dropped on the internet, and like we got so excited about it, but my family and I got into this huge argument because we were trying to to play the trailer online, and we didn't understand why we couldn't just play it, why it had to like kind of buffer for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, no, we have internet, we should be able to play this, and like we, oh god, oh <laughs> dark memories, these were dark times. <laughs> 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 All right, I think that's a good good uh, <laughs> jumping in. All right, uh, we'll go around the table, give everyone our, our names and stuff. I'm Brandon Noel. I am Louis Lopez. Wayne Abraham. David McFarland. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. Maylene Noel. And uh, we are the bookies. Um, Lewis, you brought forth the Harry Potter. Yes. You want to the Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, or the UK, the Philosopher's Stone, (laughs) which is actually what the name of that item really is. It's just Mm -hmm. been Americanized into sorcerers because children are dumb, apparently. That bothered me. That actually did. That's a marketing marketing thing that has nothing to do with the writing. It still kind of bothers me because, like, Okay, I would have liked to have a book yeah. called Philosopher's Stone. That sounds so much cooler to me. The, the Sorcerer's yeah, Stone. The, the Philosopher's Stone is a, is a legitimate mythological thing, whereas the Sorcerer's Stone was invented for this book. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've that. read many stories that have the Philosopher's oh, yeah. Stone in it. And, so. and this is getting off topic a little bit, but you know, there was a big religious backlash against Harry Potter when it came back. Mm-hmm. 
if it was the sorcerer's stone versus or the um, philosopher's the philosopher's stone versus the sorcerer's stone, it might not have triggered you know sorcery yeah. and, and yeah. but that's just hearsay. I it bothers me that they changed yeah. that. Yeah. For I localization, per- I personally didn't care because it was her book and she wrote it how she wanted to. Well, no, no. they the publishers made her change it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, US. the UK well, I still release don't care. was <laughs> the Philosopher's Stone. They changed it for the US release because apparently we don't want philosophers. And there were a bunch of other small changes too, yeah. like like um, you know biscuits was cookies and. Mm-hmm. Chips, but I know that too. Like at one point, one of the Weasley twins, Simon's mom, says mom. Yeah. And I was like, no, no in England they say mum, which is more about the that that bothers that there are yeah. but uh, Lewis you want to just um, for the for the uninitiated give a brief synopsis of the uh, the book and if you're uninitiated you're already wrong <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Harry Potter if you aren't aware and I'm so sorry if you're not aware you need to get out of that cave you're living in <laughs> uh, he is a 11 year old boy who has just discovered that he is a wizard and his horribly abysmal life changes forever he is whisked away to an academy for witches and wizards, and he learns more about himself, and he becomes, he, he goes from this, like, very sad, very depressed, and kind of meek child into, quite literally, a hero. It is it is very much the rags to, quite literally, riches story. <laughs> oh, I just look at it as gold. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Somebody did the math once, and it's like how much gold he has. And it's like just the one time he bought the in one of the future books, he bought gifts for himself and Hermione and Ron at the World Cup, and he quit like seven hundred dollars or yeah. something like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was just like a small amount yeah. of what he had. Does it ever say what his parents actually did to become so rich? My theory is that there was probably a lot of money in there to begin with. But he's living off of 11, 11 years of interest. That's my oh, That makes sense. Yeah. That's right. my... Because if you're in the 1%, you can live <laughs> off the interest. Yeah. Because, well, so, you know, they never specifically say yeah. if it did gain interest, but that's kind of the theory. Like, okay, 11 years of not taking any money out at all. Yeah. You know. That's probably his college tuition. That was <laughs> right. college. 11 years of tuition. You well, know, we know his mom was a muggle, so she wouldn't have started out with no. much wizard money. But his dad... We find out when you read all the books in the Deathly Hollows, you realize his dad came from a very long line of wizarding families. Like, oh, so it's probably just inheritance and inheritance, inheritance and stuff. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So when it comes down to his dad, I mean, they say there wasn't any more relatives on his dad's side, so that would have been yeah. a major inheritance, you know. So think about it that way. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of it's just kind of. Speculation, like yeah. you know, doesn't I don't think it ever says, oh, so much came from his dad and mom. Yeah, no, my picture is false. You know, these two ever destroyed by you who must not be named. They go more. You get, you get extra million. Well, what are what was it? Um, the no, the um, the guy, the witch hunters. The orders. The orders. The orders. If you're an or, you probably have to have a good life insurance policy. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're, it, it's got to be like almost like firefighter pay, where you get like a decent amount because you're risking your life. Right. Yeah. Hazard pay. Yeah. yeah. Because as we would say, constant vigilance. Constant. Vigilance. <laughs> I know we haven't got that. Okay, but <laughs> we will get the time. We will get the time. <laughs> so, all right, um, Lewis. What's your favorite part of the the book? 
I'm going to kill George. He said we had to fight a troll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you yeah. see older siblings doing it. It's obviously like everybody knows. The parents who went to Hogwarts, everybody knows. But you don't tell them. You let them freak out. <laughs> Nobody was like, oh, my mom told me. We just have to put a hat on. Nobody said that. They're all terrified. So it's one of those things that you just don't tell the first year. <laughs> you don't talk about it at home. You don't let the little kids know. Because you want them to have that right? You think at some point. A reverse Santa you know, Claus. Molly Weasley or one of the parents were like, just put on a hat. Not that right. But no, you know, nobody knew. You know, no, just don't forget that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, Dave. Uh, what was your favorite scene, part, character, favorites? I'd have to say that my favorite part was where Hagrid was scaring the crap out of the Dursleys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, talk about devils are like that. How he just pounded on the door, and then they thought it was like an earthquake or something, and then the door fell down, and he just picked it up and. Put it back on the hinges. Defends the rifle yeah, like a yeah, knot, yeah, like yeah, a bunch of funny cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, put that rat tail on Dudley because he's a oh, pigtail. Yeah. Pig you know, yeah. A rat tail or whatever, pigtail, whatever. Ooh, it's yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love being a pig. Yeah. I love the line that he said. He's like, "Sorry, I was trying to turn him into a pig, but I guess he was already uh, close yeah. enough to a pig." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make much of a difference. That's a good line. <laughs> Later on, they're going to the surgeon to get it removed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a month later. <laughs> I couldn't find a special. Well, school was starting, so yeah. they need to get that taken care of. I just feel so bad for Dudley. He had to go a month with that. T- I mean, not bad, bad. He earned you know, it. He earned yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, geez, a month with that tail. That would suck. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed the book. There wasn't, like... A, speci- a very, very specific favorite part of the, of the book that I enjoyed, but the most memorable one's definitely Hagrid. Hagrid's a good character. Yeah. He, he's definitely he's our introduction as the reader to the Wizarding mm-hmm. World. And well, you get to see Dumbledore oh, that's true. ahead of time. That's well, yeah, but he's the one who's Harry's introduction. That's true. And we feel so much akin to Harry because he's who we're following mm-hmm. then. Yeah. You do, like, I would say Hagrid's the one who explains everything to us. Right. I mean, yeah, we get to see McGonagall and Neville in the beginning, but we really don't know. They say Muggle, and like, okay, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's yeah. something. Yeah, at the same time, there's more of a connection between Harry and Hagrid Anybody else. Than anybody because Hagrid was the one that went to the house that got destroyed and got him and then yeah. brought him to the Dursley. Yeah. Well, later on we learn a little bit more about right. who found the body and, yeah. Yeah. you know, always. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, Justin. Um, well, I, I, I have to say I really enjoyed the uh, narration of Quidditch matches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, She's one looker. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Get back to the game. And I could just even when I read the book before the movies came out, I could see this kid just belting this out over a loudspeaker <laughs> and the professors behind him about to like conk him in the head with a sledgehammer, you know? And uh and Such a blatant foul! <laughs> and I, I, I like 
<laughs> I like the, the the characters that she created that you just love to hate. Look fine. The Dursleys are some of the most despicable people that I have ever read about until later on in the series. With those those people that you the characters you really hate. Yes. Um, they're written in such a way that they're real. Yes. Yeah, it's not like comic book villainy. No, yeah. These are just, you're like, oh, that's like the old man around the corner. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. And just, yeah, you I, knew, I know somebody like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, oh. Yeah, they're not, they're not trying to take over the world. They're just kind they're of just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Malfoy. Just yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> He, we all know that kid who was given a little too much mm-hmm. when he yeah. was younger. And, you know, a little too much? Yeah. To the point where every time he's on the page, just like, I want to smack this kid. See, Malfoy to me is like what Dudley could be if he had powers too, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good... Powers and more money, like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. crazy yeah. money. I never, I never made the connection between those the, two. Because the only thing that Dudley doesn't have is like obscene amounts of money and knowledge of the wizarding world. Because he's already spoiled, he's already full of himself, you know? Yeah, he's a bully. He's but a bully, he's, yeah. But Malfoy shows a certain amount of intelligence. I guess that's true. Yeah. And Dudley doesn't strike me as being very smart. No. But Malfoy, you know, he. See, I kind of feel like Malfoy is more street smart than book smart in, in that kind of term. He challenges Harry to the duel. <laughs> And then lets the teacher just yeah. bust him. Yeah. You know? Well, Harry, uh, early on, gets a feeling, I believe it was in Diagon Alley when he first meets Malfoy before he learns his name. There's something yeah. about that kid that reminded him of Dudley. Oh, there's he a says one. That. Yeah. And he's like, so he already doesn't like this yeah. kid. And then he likes the kid less and less and less, and then he becomes, you know, his rival. But, okay, my favorite part. Yes. Okay, so. We realized last time that I technically had not read this book before. Um, the first three books in the series were read to me, and I read the others, but the first three books my dad read to me, so I never physically read the book. So I got to the chapter on the Mirror of Arisid. Oh, okay? Yeah. And it, it mentions this inscription on the top. <laughs> it says... Irisid stra eru oit ube kafru oit on husti. And my brain, because I am mildly dyslexic, very, very mildly, um, goes, that last word, husti, the S and the H, if you just looked at it the other way, and I'm like, wait, this is literally a sentence backwards. <laughs> it says, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. It's that is what it says on a mirror. It's written backwards. It is, it is the word desire. is the word desire backwards, but it's I. They split it up so that it's yeah. the, the, the words aren't completely in the spaces of the oh, okay. So it's not so obvious. But I, my brain went, wait. They satanic. That's yeah. awesome. So I show not your face, but your heart's desire. It literally says on the mirror what it does. Yeah. That's why it, it sounds like a Latin phrase. It yeah. does. Yeah. They did it. It was, it was, it was like brilliant. Like yeah. That's why they that's why they call the mirror air said because backwards the mirror desire. But you so then I'm thinking going, okay, 
this is the first time I've read this, and I'm like, ooh. I'm like, Quirrell was supposed to be smart. He stood in front of that mirror for how long trying to figure <laughs> out what to do? It tells you what it does. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Harry, we can excuse. He's only 11. Yeah. He saw his parents in the mirror. He's going to be drawn to that. But yeah. you're like, come on, this is a teacher who kind of actually pretty smart. Um, so I just I found that just wonderful. It was a little gem, and I'm like, oh, hey, cool. That's um, funny because I didn't know like that not everyone do that. And I was like, oh, that makes sense if you listen to it, not reading it. You yeah, know? you hear it, you don't see it. I listened to it. I didn't. Exactly. It so this was my first time reading, not my first time going through the story, and definitely not my first. I mean, I've seen the movie a zillion times. I've you know? read it before and I didn't catch it. So but this was my first it. time, my first time reading it, and I'm like, oh. Um, my other thing, there's a scene that I remember <coughs> loving when I first read the book, and I, I still love it. Maybe it's because I like logic puzzles. Oh. <laughs> but um, I always like logic puzzles. You know, I'm a challenge to my brain. I think I'd take my scene. But, um, <laughs> but my, one of my favorite scenes that's in the book, and it's not in the movie, is of the things that are guarding the stone. There is a room with potions oh, in yes. it. Yes. Oh. And there's this whole puzzle. And, and I was so excited when I was reading the book, because I'm like, oh, yay. That I heard that scene, that scene, and so I'm reading it, I'm getting there, I finally get past, you know, so, and I'm not dissing the chess game, awesome, okay? I'm not dissing, I love so much of the book, but I just love that scene where Hermione uses her brain and uses logic and figures out, okay, I'll take this one and I can go back, you take this one and you can go forward. And, and they give you so much. The only thing they don't give you in the book, because for, for me, I'd be like, okay, I could, this is the kind of thing I'd do. I would pause and figure it out first and then see if I'm right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the only thing they don't give you is the sizes of the bottles, which is part yeah. of the, the clues. So I'm like, I think I know. I kind of think I know. You know. And, and yeah. okay, yeah, I was right on that one, but I wasn't sure. You know. I but they don't the give you that. And it, yeah. <laughs> just before we all met. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there listening to it in my office, and I go, I'd be dead. I'm afraid of poison. It's just, I'm like, I don't know. I'm <laughs> well, you're not the show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for my is. But I love logic puzzles. So I, maybe because one of my favorite teachers in junior high used to bring them out. She's a math teacher. She used to bring them out, like on Fridays or random days. Oh, just I to, those you know, and she'd give us these puzzles, and I'd always just. And I love mysteries, you know. Yeah. So for me, I'm always trying. I love puzzles. I love to solve them. So, so that's one of my absolute favorite scenes. And it's, you know, it was especially nice to read it for the first time, sort of again, but for the first time. Um, you know, having seen the movie so many times since I first heard the book, you know, to be able to go, oh, that's right, that scene. I love that scene. You know. Mm-hmm. So okay. Um, well, I've got kind of I've got two. First is a scene, and it was what you were saying. I like all the challenges. That they need to get through to get to the theater of Erzad. I love the the drinking the potion, and I also love the chess game because I'm a big chess person myself. I love to play chess, so I kept thinking. Just every time I read it, I keep thinking, I would love to be one of those people. Like I'm on a chessboard, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's wizard chess with a lot more deadly, but at the same time, it's like, oh, it was so fun for me to be, you know, on the chessboard. Like that that's one thing I would love to do, you know. Kinda wish um you know, if I don't know how they're gonna do you know, the universal here the Harry Potter world, but I always thought it'd be kinda cool if they had like a giant chessboard. Oh, like yeah. you know, just people you know. But the second thing, it's not so much a scene, it's that I I love peeves. Yes, I love. I'm so disappointed. I, I get it. You got so much you can do in a movie. I get it. But I love. He is 
by far my favorite of all the ghosts in the yeah. castle because he's just all peasy little you know <laughs> we, we talked about it a while back but didn't they actually cast an actor to play Pete? they cast an actor to play Pete and they had actually filmed some of his stuff but it got left out of the film like you know cutting room floor type thing you know mm-hmm. and you know I just love him because he's just that you know pest you know, pesky ghost who just well, he's going older guy. Yeah, older guy. Yeah, he's, he's trying to, you know, just totally mess with the student. Losing the carpet on the stairs. Yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah. And you know, I love the fact that the bloody baron is the only one who can keep him alive. And you never really find out why. <laughs> you know, yeah, something went down. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but as um, because maybe, maybe he's the reason Peeves is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the actor who was, it was, got cut out of the film reprised his role in a couple of the Harry Potter video games. Okay. So he did eventually get to play Peeves in a video game, but never cool. made it into the Yeah, movies. because the, the PC version of Sorcerer's Stone has Peeves as a character. You fight him a couple times as Harry, and if you've only seen the movie and haven't read the books, you might not know who like, he is. Who is this guy? Why is he yeah. here? But yeah, I, just, I love... You know, you know, like most people said, there's you know so many great scenes to choose from. You can't really pick just one of the best scene, you know. But I think for me, just because like Bonnie said, I, I love the puzzle games. I love trying to figure it out. I'm not great at them, but you know it's always fun to kind of okay, did I get it right? You know, whatever. And then like I guess I just I wish you know I could have seen peas in the movie. So that's about it, you know. The um again, I get what they didn't, but you know. yeah. Um, my favorite thing, like the the magic is incredible, the school is incredible, the world is very set up, beautiful. I'd have to say my favorite things are the just interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like real characters. Mm-hmm. At no point does Harry Potter feel like your typical hero. At no point is a character, you know, the melodrama is there, but just the the interactions between the characters. Malfoy, freaking uh, scaring um, Neville in the forest, and you know, something this yeah. part. Oh my goodness! You know, which, which, by the way, as somebody who, as a kid, was actually tracking deer, those kids should not have been tracking a <laughs> wounded animal in the dark at night. No, just, just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was actually really funny to me. Like, never go in a forbidden forest except on detention. <laughs> <laughs> then it's okay. <laughs> Otherwise, no. And it's when it's split up, so you guys are on your own with the dog. He's no, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah. And the fact that something's out there killing. Yeah. Unicorns. Unicorns. Yeah. yeah. Which are supposed to be very powerful in themselves. Not near impossible to catch. Yeah. And here they're going out there unarmed. And at night. At, at night, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on a few deer hunts and just, I would never be tracking an animal like that at night. One thing yeah. worse than deer hunts is night time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the legendary snipe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're elusive, but they can be found. <laughs> I think the other thing that I want to talk about real quick is Quidditch. Oh my gosh. Because that, that was yeah. so well I want done. To be, I want to see a real pitch match. I wish Quidditch was real. That would be amazing. I.e. Uh, I, I know that there's they, there is Quidditch, but no, 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 real Quidditch. Yeah. Uh, was it EA Sports? 
released in like 2002 a Quidditch video game mm-hmm. set up like the FIBA soccer. That's great. Yeah. I, but I want to you want literally to fly on a broom <laughs> and play quidditch, okay? No, well, okay, I want to fly on a broom up to the stands and watch the Quidditch game because I'm not that sportsman-like, okay? I am not. I'm not either, but I would I would convert for Quidditch. <laughs> right? Right? We could be a Quidditch team, guys. Yeah. Right. We have enough people. Oh my god! I know. Right. We got some people here. Red card. What's a red card? <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with him. Come on, Red. Yeah. Okay, but only if I can be a chaser. Yeah, I'll be a You're the seeker. Because that's the smallest one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the seeker. That's cool. <laughs> but, the, but the Quidditch stuff was, was yeah. really well done. So long as you don't try to commit all 700 battles in the same game. <laughs> Which <laughs> happened once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 1432 like, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was also a game that lasted three months. Three months, yeah. yeah. You know, referee disappeared and ended up in uh, Africa. Africa, Sahara. I've been saying for years, this is getting off topic, that Warner Brothers did the movies. Warner Brothers owns the Harry Potter licensing. Why there's not a DC comic book of Harry Potter, I do not know. And I've been, it, you don't even have to focus on the main characters. A Quidditch title yeah. by itself would do gangbusters for DC comics. Yeah, well, like the Hollywood They might not have, they might not have any <clears throat> sort of printing book rights. Here's the thing the woman who ran the Harry Potter film franchise. Mm-hmm. When the Harry Potter film franchise wrapped, she went over and is now the head of DC Printing. Oh. So she has J.K. Rowling's phone number <laughs> and knows her personally and worked on all eight films. Either If they've ever talked to J.K. Rowling and she's shut it down for whatever reason, it's never been made public. Yeah. And it, I just think, ooh, there's <laughs> money on the table. <laughs> right, yeah. Which, speaking of Hollywood Heartbeats, it's funny. I get stuck in these, you know, massive family group messages, and they're always talking about different sports, like, you know, hockey and football. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about sports at all. And I'm thinking if, you know, every now and then I'll just jump in like, so, anybody see the Quidditch match? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, crickets. Um, like, sure. Um, okay, okay, maybe. Maybe. That's my favorite thing you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I just stop. You know, those they like, just don't even care anymore. Like, ignore completely. Ignore. <laughs> well, then it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> things we didn't like? Yeah. Um, things, I, I think we want to do things we didn't like at the end. Are we going to have Well, we're, no. We're, we're, normally we go around and say things yeah. we didn't like. Yeah. So. Okay, well, I'm going to say, because then we want to do a section on things we wish hadn't been in the movie. Yeah, we'll do that last. Okay. So. Things we didn't like. Yeah. Uh, issues, qualms. Um. I mean, uh, I, I hate to say this, but looking looking at the whole series in a retrospective mindset, you can tell that she got a lot better as the books went on. So this one wasn't like you know bad. It wasn't bad. It's just they got a lot better. So comparatively, it could have been I don't know like I don't know like could've certain been, things could have been cut. You know, been more. Yeah. Like I didn't necessarily need to know about. Vernon Dursley's drilling company, but that's kind of like the backdrop to the beginning of the series. Like you're you're learning about what's happening just kind of through his perspective, right? Because this is when Voldemort died. This is like before um, Harry goes to live with them. It, it's setting up who they are, but it's not really setting up that they're horrible yet. 
Right. Mm. Well, there's some of that stuff I really enjoy because there's a moment where um, when they find out who the 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 sorcerer who made the sorcerer stone. Yeah. When they finally look him up in the book, they get this brief bio of him and his accomplishments. Yeah. And he goes, "Also, who loves ballet?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I didn't need to know that. But this character who I'm never going to see in any of the stories, yeah. I like him. <laughs> I thought it was opera. Opera, that's what it was. Opera, he's an opera fan. Yeah. So, like, realistically, there wasn't a whole lot that I like. Or, or, oh, God. <laughs> I did not need to. There wasn't a whole lot that I disliked. Just put it that yeah. way. So, uh, Wayne? Qualms? Quandaries, nitpickings, filibustering. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Harry Potter filibustering. That'd be interesting. <laughs> just read the book. Just read it. You, you don't have any weaknesses. I oh. enjoyed the book. <laughs> He's <Okay>. always loved books. <laughs> I enjoyed the book a lot. I didn't have any gripes with it. That's fair. And. This time around, I noticed, well, the first time reading it, you you haven't read any of the other books, so you don't know, but this time around, I noticed, like Lewis was saying, those little things that were put in there that are foreshadowing things that are going to happen four books down the road, five books down the road, but it's... The setup was here in book one. Oh yeah, she plays the long game. Yeah, and she, plays she is game. very good at that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that I will give her props for. Oh yeah. Normally, authors right. don't. She is that good. And I remember an interview, um, like after movie two or something, um, or movie three, when they're talking about their they're making the movies, and she's going, she was there having. She's like, you have to keep this in. It's important later. Because mm-hmm. some of the other books weren't released yet, and they'd already started the movies, yeah. making the movies. And she's like, "No, no, you have to leave this in. This is important. You can't cut this." Yeah. You know, and even though to them it didn't seem that important to the story, she's like, "This is important in the long run." Apparently, mm-hmm. even Alan Rickman was able to do that because she told him some stuff that about his character. You know, he needed to know, and yeah. he didn't know for his portrayal of the character. Mm-hmm. And so there were times where even he was like, um, "I don't think my character would do this because stuff I can't tell you." Yeah, but, 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 but she I know. told him herself, yeah. so you just don't trust him. Reading a, th- a thing about an interview with J.K. Rowling, and she had this uh, notebook that she kept all of her ideas in, and all that. And I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was a very large volume, yeah. and she, that's how she was able to keep her continuity mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. all this entire series through all those years. It does, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, uh, no, you don't find out what Horcruxes are until book like six, but it's right. mentioned in a way in book two. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she just didn't yeah. name it that, well, you know, yeah. but that's what it yeah. was. Well, it, uh, real quick, because Dave, if I'm incorrect, you've never seen any of the movies. You've only read the first book. I've seen all the movies. Oh, you've seen all the movies? Because yeah. this is the only book you've read, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, did you have any weaknesses? or? Anything? I actually had several weaknesses in this book. Okay. Uh, like, the very first off... Um, I just didn't really like how the Dursleys treated Harry, and he was actually a family member. I mean, to me, that's like borderline child abuse. It wasn't borderline. It was. Yeah, it was. It was was child abuse. Well, compared to what I've grown up with, that's borderline child abuse. But it it was. 
all intents and purposes child abuse. I mean, I just don't see how or why they would keep him underneath a, a staircase. I mean, when if I'm pretty sure England has their version of CPS, and <laughs> they, all, they would have been arrested, and, and, and Dudley would have been put into a foster home with Harry. Yeah. Well, also they make a point that like they're ashamed of Harry because they know he's magical. Yeah, but they don't have to let him know. No, they they don't. They should have just kept him like totally oblivious and just treated him like uh, their son as well, and never even told him nothing. And then no, I, I agree, they should have been better human beings. Yeah, I mean, I just I just didn't see the purpose of them being so bad. They're just horrible people. But going back to your CPS <laughs> argument, my theory is. There's only one woman in the neighborhood who even knows Harry exists. No. no. Harry goes to school. This is my biggest problem with the book, too. I'm a teacher. Oh, I'm a okay. mandated reporter. Even as a substitute, I'm a mandated reporter. So I don't know what the laws are in England, but here in the United States, like we are trained to notice little things, like kids coming to school in clothes that don't ever fit them. Mm. He was always wearing... Dudley's hand yeah. Kids who are, are too, look too underfed, who are always hungry, who are always sad, who are always, up. you, you are, there are, there's, we do all these trainings, like, like serious trainings that are, that we have to do every single year. We have to redo the trainings. And what about his glasses? Too? And they're constantly being broken. Like there, there are all sorts of signs that this child is being neglected, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And child neglect is the first signs of child abuse. So if I had been Harry's teacher, Man, I would have had to report it from kindergarten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that is my my biggest problem as a teacher <laughs> who looks for these things. How the heck? And I would like to use worse language right now, <laughs> but I generally don't cast. How the heck did no one ever notice that this poor child was being treated this way? I had forgotten because it had been years since I had the book read to me. Mm-hmm. How? Much worse the jerseys are in the books than in the movies. Snape is much worse in the books as well. Yeah. Um, I believe me, that's that's your other problem. (laughs) (laughs) But but it made me angry and made me just just question how could no one, not a single teacher, the kid has gone through. I mean, I know school's set up different, but he's gone through all the primary school. He's about to go into secondary school, and they're going to send him to St. Brutus's. Obviously, if they're sending him to secondary school, he's been attending school this entire time. It talks about summer holidays. He has been to school. Even if none of the neighbors really noticed, because they're in their own little world, whatever, okay, maybe they're just as bad as the Dursleys, or they're not just as bad, but, you know, they're closed-minded and don't see anything past the their nose. Teachers are trained to notice these things, and this is not okay with me. So from a teacher's point of view, that pisses me off. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay for your input. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I jumped on it, but I just couldn't keep my mouth shut anymore. No, no, no. And I'm done. <laughs> I feel like thematically, that's one of those things that, unfortunately, Rowling just had to do. It's it's the Matilda thing, right? You no, know, it's how I we get, get into that. the head of like the, right. the the orphan. You know, yeah. No, I get that. I get that she was trying to make but her you totally very right. sad, empathetic character from at the beginning. This child who yeah. has nothing and doesn't know what love is. I get that. Ironically, I've never thought about that. Like, yeah, yeah someone should have noticed. Yeah, when point. you examine that from a real world scenario, it falls apart. Well, <laughs> also, it falls apart. It, well, also, or the, all those teachers need, need to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the possibility that. 
The teachers don't like Harry either because at one point we know that he got sent home with a letter because he accidentally somehow turned his teacher's wig blue. Right, but but still, there has and to be... Wound that up on top of the roof of the cafeteria. Yeah. But this wasn't yeah. every teacher. No, that's true. This wasn't every teacher. So, yeah. you know what I mean? No, no, I get it. I'm just trying to, in and my own head, really, can justify The kids justify who really... Well, it's okay. You can try to justify all one. The kids who really upset the teachers aren't the ones who are going to be mostly sitting quietly in Lake Erie. Yeah. Those are the ones the teachers right, are going next. to be worried about. Well, then you want to bring up Snape. Go ahead, Oh, no, i got something before Snape. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I just don't see a... 11 year old kid being so nosy like how Harry is especially especially with him not knowing anything and even I mean taken from experience here yeah I was a little nosy kid but the crap he does in this book I wouldn't even even dream of doing such a thing oh blatantly break the rules yeah <laughs> um, Maylene and I had this conversation the other night I have a theory I think this is actually because he comes from an abusive home. I think this is the one thing that the Dursleys gave him as far as an advantage. He just doesn't care about the rules. Yeah. And that that's the only thing I can think about. Like, the abuses he suffers mm-hmm. from the Dursleys, when he gets to Hogwarts... He's a lot older than his years. Yeah, he just doesn't care about the rules, because he... Nightly, he's breaking the yeah, rules. Yeah, that's an extremely Gryffindor trait. Like, yeah, he'd sneak out of his cupboard to go eat. Yeah, food. yeah. They bring up the point. He's like, I gotta wait for uh, Vern to go to sleep so I can sneak out to go get food. He's he's already has these traits as far as sneaking out and just it, it's the only thing he can do. Um, but no, you're right. A normal kid probably wouldn't have, you know, Longbottom is the normal kid in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to get us in trouble. You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> you're going to tell. Yeah. Because your average 11-year-old would have said, hey, I'm going to go tell. And well, and your point is why um, I know there are some grown-ups who don't want their kids to read these books, especially when they're younger, because they don't want them to act like Harry and break all the rules. <laughs> because they don't like the fact that it basically he gets rewarded for constantly breaking the rules. So I've heard this argument before, and I don't see why. Hermione <laughs> brought up in there, she was upset because Harry had been, they had gained... Uh, uh, Something for breaking the rules. Oh, what was it? Uh, he got put on the Quidditch team. He got put on yeah. the Quidditch team for breaking the rules, so he got rewarded. And then they yeah. had, then they went and bought him a new broom on top of that. <laughs> so yeah. that just made it even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Okay. And then, yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly like how Snape treated Harry. That's a little. Um, I mean, I've always had problems with Snape. Everyone has. I mean, I understand they're trying to make Snape look like a bad guy and then not trying to spoil anything. We already know what happens. There's a spoiler why, warning at the front. Why? Yeah. But he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been mad at Harry. He should have been mad at Harry's parents. He kept this this anger towards James. Yeah, it shouldn't have been Harry because Harry didn't do anything. He's very juvenile. One thing I will say is unfortunately there are a lot of adults who can't keep their vendettas against the person they feel deserves. That's true. And then Dumbledore should have known this and never put Snape into a position of of teaching. Authority over Harry. True, but it was probably the only way he'd keep his double Yeah, that's that's something that we ended up 
uh, yeah. learning later on is like by the end you love saying yeah until like, like the last book yeah. like the, the last yeah. chapter yeah, the same problem, like oh, why is he getting there you know, I still don't forgive him for that shit no. like, yeah. like you can you can he be was way too mother and yeah. you can always love her forever but you don't have to be a dick to her son yeah Especially yeah. what, just because he looks like his dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like I said, unfortunately, a lot of even in the real world, there are adults I've met who can't let go. Yeah, that's true. Who can't who treat people horribly because of something someone else did. Yeah. And it's like, let it go, man. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, yeah. I think I think that's why he's such a good. He's a good character because there are jerks like that in the world that you just want to smack. Like, move beyond your anger towards the person. Okay, this person is dead. Okay. His kid shouldn't be the butt of your. But rat. at the same time, Snake tries to protect him as well. Well, he does. Well, yeah. that's because he's given that job. I don't think he wants that well, job. Well, in the Quidditch match, um. he volunteered to referee for the Quidditch match to protect Harry. Made himself very unpopular. Quirrell mm-hmm. talks about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that, like, I thought he hated me. Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He just might not want you dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got. Lots more, but we'll no, 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 the no, next one. No, 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 no. I just didn't see Dumbledore being the powerful man that he is, not seeing Voldemort on the back of what's his name? Quirrell's head, yeah. I just thought, man, this is like the most powerful man. Maybe he did. Anybody ever think Here, Here's the thing with Dumbledore. He has the Batman syndrome, where you can look at it and go, he planned that, but he might not have. Yeah. It's in, in in comic books we call Batman the Bat God because it comes out of every situation like oh I planned for this. yeah did you really did you, or did you just get I'm lucky just funny. I'm just yeah. throwing that yeah. out there for contemplation no 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 because somebody could make the argument no he planned everything out right but you can but here's one thing at the start of the book Voldemort wasn't attached to Quirrell that's true that's mm. true because he shook hands with Harry. In, in the Leaky Cauldron. In, in Leaky Cauldron. And Which threw it me off when him. I was reading the yeah. book because it had been so long since I heard the book. Too, yeah. I was like, how can you even shake his hand? He can't touch it. Oh, it's, he didn't get... It's later him. on in the book, the Voldemort being attached was after he failed to get the uniform. After he failed to get the sorcerer's I just remember from, that. from the bank. Right, right. He says, then he was punished. Then he punished me. Great. Yeah. Now I'm never but you know, kind of thing. I just okay. remembered the funny thing was the Weasley twins jinxed snowballs to go around pelting Pearl in the back of the head. In the back of his turban. And this is after Voldemort is Voldemort's getting snowballed in the head. Snowballs. And he can't do anything about it. It's the long game. <laughs> <laughs> But we have Uncle. No, 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 dude. If you got any more issues, no. you can bring them forward. He's okay. He's okay? Oh, okay. Um, I noticed a lot of the stuff that everybody's brought up, but I was, I'm the kind of person of the mind, well, if it didn't, have, if it didn't do all that, you wouldn't have a good story. So you didn't I, really bad villains. You I didn't, so I didn't see any problems with it. Um, <coughs> I really didn't have any problems with the book. I'm like Wayne. I just really love the book. And reading it again after so many years, I, I caught things I never even considered before, like the snowballs in the back of the head, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, oh, what was that one? 
well, Norbert the dragon, <laughs> you know, and you, you, you don't realize how fast he grows. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like less than a month and he's already six feet long and stuff like that. So I, and he's venomous, apparently. And he's venomous. <laughs> so I really didn't have much of a problem with the book. No, I, 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 I didn't. Valid I, I didn't. I didn't catch any uh, plot holes or anything. There really aren't. No, yeah. There weren't good yeah. writer. So, <laughs> and funny. I already said my piece. I said my piece early. I don't get on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with Justin. Yeah, there are some plot, you know, not plot holes, but like some parts where you're like, okay, if this were the real world, that wouldn't happen. Right. Okay, Harry would have taken it, you know, to the British equivalent of CPS a long time or ago. Or he found a deal for mass murder. Or, <laughs> <laughs> right? But then again, it's a story about a wizard. How much reality can you inject into this? But yet, she writes the characters so realistic. Oh yeah, she writes the oh. characters so realistic. It's just, yeah, I understand and I agree with so many of, you know, what Dave said, what, you know, you guys brought up. But it's like, yeah, at the same time, you don't have much of a story if you don't have, you know, a, you know, some stuff. Like, he has to have this horrible life in order for him as a character to become what he needs to be in the last book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, he would have been taken away from his family. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they probably would have been given that kind of authority over him or most kids, you know. But kind of needed, you know, certain things to happen so that it could come out the way it did, you know. Not saying that I meant right, you know, I meant it right, oh, but... Right. You need that extreme juxtaposition in yeah. a book like this because Harry's complete and total lack of family with his actual family is only, like shown in stark contrast with his new family in yeah. the uh, Weasleys. It's the reason why he wants to go back to the wizarding world every yeah. year. You know, otherwise, you know, if... He doesn't he, get excited about winter break. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he had a wonderful family like the Jersey, yeah. if they did love him and raise him as their son, then leaving them wouldn't be that big... Like, it, it might be kind of sad, actually, when he leaves them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but, like, his home is... When yeah. in all actuality it should be his family, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, it doesn't happen to him anymore. Yeah. My issue, and I've talked to Maylene about this because we're married. Um, <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Ew. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> if you leave me, can I go with you? <laughs> um, uh, my major issue is when it comes to the first movie, I have a hard time sitting through it. You know, I don't really care for it. The my my major issue is the final confrontation with Quirrell in the in the end. It's just anticlimactic. He passes out. He passes out as a hero's journey goes. It's anticlimactic, yeah. and even the movie does a little bit more of making that special. But still, it's yeah. anticlimactic. He doesn't actually. He, later on, he will win, but it's not really a win in the column. It's it's more or less. And I would have. I'm a big fan of Hellboy. Hellboy doesn't win. Hellboy survives. Right. I would have been okay with a dark victory where Harry just survived. Well, he won in the sense that. Voldemort didn't get to come back in that way, and it yeah. took a while for him yeah. to come back. You know, so it it was it was a a, a battle one, but definitely not the war. Well, even the, it just it's, 
I keep thinking like book one. Yes, there are these seven tomes, Harry Potter's, mm-hmm. but the first book needs to stand on its own. I felt that it did, but that's my feeling. Well, I think that there's this whole thing. It's built up. We hate Snape. We hate Snape. It's got to be Snape. It's got to be Snape. And then there's this huge shock at the very the first time. You know, and then it's Quirrell. Like I like that. I love that. I love that twist because the first time. Yes, okay, for, for most of us, we've already at least seen the movie if we hadn't read the book, okay? Mm-hmm. So we all know who it was going to be. But the first time, there's that, what? You're so confused. Yeah, and I feel that that is enough of a mind-blowing thing that the climax itself didn't have to be all those little battles. That, okay? The, the chess game. The chess game. That is thinking climactic. All the things to get there were more of the climax than the actual confrontation, and yet there was still so many, like, look at what they overcame as 11-year-old first year. Yeah. You know? yeah. So there's still, like, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I feel that there's an argument on the other side. There, there is, but for me, I just, I don't, he doesn't out, really, he doesn't really outsmart the quirm. Quirrell. Quirrell. No, but he knows the trick with the mirror. He knows the trick I with mean, the mirror. Sort of. Sort he of. Discovers, discovers it. He discovers it. He got lucky because he broke the rule, um, which I'm okay. With. Dumbledore gave him a little hint. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, but he and Dumbledore even set it up ingeniously. You can't get the stone if you want to use it. If you want to use it. Okay, right. golf clap. That is well thought out. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, did you look up? Or did and he made sure that Harry saw the mirror. My brain is still on what Dave said because I never thought about it. But seriously, Dumbledore is super powerful. He should have seen something. Mm, yeah. He already knew that Harry was looking, you know, at the mirror. Right. He's the one who put it where it could be found by a student. Right. It wasn't mm. on. And I mean, and he's it the wasn't one that gave Harry the cloak back too. He's the one who gave. Yeah. yeah so you're just like. And the maybe, doors are like, always open. And, and then he mm-hmm. tells Harry that not everybody needs a cloak to be invisible. So how much has he seen? Is he just let, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's like he almost knows there's going to be a complication. And he lets Harry almost kind of like he wanted him there to to, to have a little more under his eye, like to yeah. watch Voldemort. Like you know, he has um, to have suspected something. Of course, and then you go. You know, he has you know, to have. In the series, you know, and you see how much Dumbledore did behind the scenes, and you see, and you get mad at him a little bit in book seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you think. You know, maybe Dumbledore, you know, he, you know, about certain things and. He let Harry be bait and he let, you know what I mean? Like. And so maybe he did plan a lot of that. He but also, that. Dumbledore, we get in his backstory a little bit, he helped bring down an evil wizard once before. Right. I will say the only thing I might be able to say on Dumbledore's behalf, and this is just me guessing here, is would you really want him to kick Quirrell out with Voldemort on the back of his head, not knowing where he's going? No, you'd rather have him here. I'd rather. I personally would rather have him here, so I know where he is. I can take time, like, oh, I don't know he's there. Try to figure something out, but I probably wouldn't let it up to an eleven-year-old. I'd be like, okay, I as Dumbledore, I'm going to figure out how to get Voldemort out of this guy's 
you know, back of the yeah. head. Yeah. This is one of those things where as the series goes on, we, much like Harry and some of the wizarding world, change our perspective on them um, yeah. so much. Like, we start out thinking that he's, it's a great you know, Gandalf. Yeah. He's the perfect right. wizard. He's so powerful, but he's extremely human. But then we <laughs> find out all his flaws, you're like, okay, he's not perfect. He's yeah. okay, guy. And then the more you get there, you're like, okay. Yeah. He's, he's like, like a jerk sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He's really hard to make you feel yeah, uh-huh. it's like okay, you really making it hard for me to like you as much as I did yeah. when I first met you, kind of thing, yeah. you know. So, um, <coughs> Maylene wanted to go around and book to movie. If is there anything that you was in the book that you would have wanted to see in the movie, or maybe even something that was in the movie you wanted taken out? God, this is, I mean, in terms of movie, like, like book-to-movie translations, one and two are the most faithful. Yeah. They are, because the director wanted them to be like a vision of the book, right? But even still, there is some things that get lost. Not as many as in later movies, but I wanted to see Peeves. I wanted to see the potions at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah. There are things that I, I realized wanted to see that, that, that was less, there. That was like, it was slower than, say, the Devil's Snare. Yeah. It was more exciting, so I realized why they didn't do it. Yeah. But for me, I like the logic puzzles, so. Yeah. Yeah, those are really cool. Yeah. Um, there's not there's not a whole lot that, you know, I missed. I guess just peeves, really. Wait. Um, I haven't watched the movie all the way through in years and years and years, so. Oh, okay. Dave? Well, I'm a, a stickler for, for the little things, so... When I read the book, I expected the movie to be the exact same thing. And when they cut out little things, it, it kind of irritates me. Well, yeah, that's anyone who loves books. <laughs> but some people, some people will, will probably say, oh, it doesn't really matter because it's not really part of the story. But I, I missed the part where I was expecting um, Mr. Dursley and the drill, I mean, the drill factory yeah. and... And him, why he didn't like the muggles walking around in the street yeah. and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, just he just didn't particularly like them. And I, I was hoping in the movie that they would explain how uh, they got to the the little cabin in the middle of the island. Yes, that was probably yeah. the best bit of business yeah. from the book. Yeah, because he he was so he like was taking yeah, and he, yeah. and he. Even shows him where he got the rifle from that boat guy, yeah. and how they rented the boat to go out there. They skipped all of that. Because all of a sudden, he's like, "We're going and far away." He's in the middle Harry of the ocean. Harry yeah. yeah. used the boat to get back and left the dirty yeah. stranded on the yeah. island. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the very beginning of the book, they kind of, they kind of skipped out on everything. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I understand that they they were probably doing it for a movie's sake, but time. But again, that's a, that's a, a two, three, five minute scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they could have added that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that, that their main focus was let's get to the magic. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm yeah. just a stickler for for the little things, and I just want to see everything that I've read in the book. Even if I didn't like it or not, I just want to see it in the book. Yeah. The, the author wrote it down with intent. Yeah, mm-hmm. so why skip it in the movie? Mm. Yeah. It would be different if they did a movie first and did a book adaptation of it later. Yeah. Yeah. But when the book came out first, it's like everyone who loves the book, for whatever reason, it's like, oh, well, where'd that just go? That's why, I, I, I know we're not talking about tonight, but the fifth movie, I just had a lot of problems with because that was my favorite book of all the books. 
And so it's like, you know. Also, another thing that I didn't really particularly like that they should have added in the movie was how Harry got detention. And that was because of the dragon, how he was supposed to be good. Yeah. yeah. Um, much more exciting. Yeah. It's much more exciting in the book. In yeah. the book. Yeah. Okay. Then the, the one thing that bothered me about that, as a kid who did mischiefy things, why would you forget your cloak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that bothered me getting in the factory. Not that that did bother me. How did, why did you leave the cloak? Yeah, especially yeah. something very important like that. Yeah. It's uh, like, how did you get there? Jeez. I've done some things, uh, you know, you don't forget your way in, you don't forget your way yeah. out. Yeah. Especially don't bring this, forget the stuff that you that you brought. Mm-hmm. Especially something important from that that was supposed to have been your father's family heirloom. Yeah, yeah. You're not leaving that behind. He needed a way, I think J.K. Rowling needed a way for him to get caught, but the yeah. better way would have had to just finch run in. Yeah. yeah. Instead of them leaving. Yeah. Before they got the book back on. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Before they could catch the book on. Or even the cat came in. The cat came yeah. in and, and or meowed even or whatever. Or sat on the cloak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lot better, yeah. It may, it may not even realize it was sitting on the cloak, but... It's sitting on the cloak so they can't jerk it out from under her. Because cats like to sit, sit on soft spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been brilliant. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that I was... That. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple other things in, in the movie that, that they could have added. But um, I can't think of anything right now. No. Well, I kind of agree with Dave on the part in the beginning where Mr. Dursley is on his way to work and he's seeing all these people in strange... Top hats and robes and stuff, and and with the that one space uh, from the Dursleys to the island, uh, I think that would have been. <coughs> but I also think it would have been fun to have the Sorting Hats song. Oh, yeah, that is so cool. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even if they just said it instead of singing it, yeah. you know, just because, said it like a poem. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it, like it, 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 it would have given them a little more insight into the houses. Because in the movie, you go through and it's just you're just kind of left in. Okay, you have these four houses, but you don't know anything about the houses. Yeah. Except yeah. Slytherin is supposed to be evil. Gryffindor is supposed That's to be evil. That's all you get. The heroes, and then what about the other two? Like they feel like they're throwaways. I want to get into that afterwards too, yeah. actually. <laughs> so. That's that was me. Yeah, you said alma mater. Okay, I happen to absolutely love when they sing the school song. Oh, yeah. But they sing it in your favorite, to your favorite tunes. So everybody's singing different tunes, and then we <laughs> do it as a dirge, and so it takes like way longer for them to finish than anybody else. Like, <laughs> um, I also, I would have liked to see, especially because he's so important later, I would have liked to have seen the correct characters go into detention. Yeah. Ron was in the infirmary because he got bit by a poisonous dragon. Yeah. It was Neville instead of Ron who went on detention. And I would like to see more of that. There's um, a scene where Neville's crying all night. Yeah. It breaks your heart. Yeah. Because he thinks Harry lied to him. This kid that he's looked up to. Yeah. I'm like 12 of you, you little shit. <laughs> right? He's built him yeah. up. And, um, so there's, there's. Because Neville's so important later, I would like to have seen more of Neville in mm. the movies. Um, I mean, they did in the important stuff. They made sure Neville was present, but there was so so much more to Neville's story. I feel Neville is an important character and should have had a little more screen time. Um, also, I noticed like we were just discussing about those scenes with the Dursleys. Like, if you'll notice in the movies, like 
Like, you barely see the jerseys in the movies. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the movies later on where they're, like, they actually have some pretty, like, they only bring out, like, the most important scenes, and they shorten them to, like, nothing. Yeah. I think they're not even present in movie four at all. No, right? no, no. there's some, yeah, exactly, there's some movies where you don't see the jerseys at all. He just wakes up, and he's with They're an movies. important part of his life. They're the family that hate him. You know yeah. who I think Neville is, though? What? I think Neville is Rowling's son. <laughs> yeah. I think she wrote it in the book. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Neville's actually uh, technically another chosen one. He's Mm -hmm. part of the prophecy that Harry, you know. um, And Neville Longbottom's actually probably my favorite character in the series. He's such a cool character. Like he doesn't start off that way, and it's uh, it's done on purpose that he's not supposed to be cool, but he's so cool. As the kid (laughs) who was always dropping stuff and you know running into walls, it's like I relate a lot to Neville. It's like. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I still run into walls. <laughs> <laughs> I still lose crap. <laughs> I think all those things that you said, plus the one thing I did want to see that meeting the book, that I was like, oh, I, I forgot about this because it's been so long side of the book. Um, and the movie, I mean, I, I love Peeves, Peeves, and I wanted him in there so much. But in the movie... You see them talking, you know, Harry, Hermione, and Ron always talking and throwing up that series about Snape, like, oh, Snape wants to do this. And a lot of it's just guesswork, really. In the book, Harry actually overhears Snape saying, I don't know how you're supposed to watch three heads at once, talking about three and a dog. Yeah, so he knows at one point Snape was trying to get past Fluffy. And yes, evidence. He's, he's seen yeah, it. He's, he's seen it. He's the heard it. The leg, and right. now, he, and during the troll attack in the movie, you see he's got a cut on his leg. You see him kind of limping, but he's just assuming that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You assume he was, you know, trying to pass a three-headed dog. In the book, he's got evidence. He's got okay, guys. Guess what? I just heard him say in the staff room. You know, mm-hmm. and yet I think that the one thing that after this last reading kind of bothered me that I forgot to mention earlier that you know oh we'll just guess it's Snape and we'll you know everyone will assume it's Snape because we say it's Snape you know mm-hmm. I mean his teacher so it's gotta be him yeah. it's gotta be him but in the book it's like oh my gosh you know I hear him saying something and he's played by a better actor than the actors playing Quarles <laughs> and he's gotta be the villain <laughs> <laughs> Who's the villain? Alan Rickman. <laughs> always Alan Rickman. Always Hans Gruber. <laughs> but those are, yeah, he's, and I think that scene I kind of wanted to be in the movie just because I didn't want it all to be guesswork. Yeah. I didn't want him to just say, oh, well, I hate Snape, he hates me. Let's assume that all the bad that happens here is because of Snape. Snape. You know. Yeah. Going or back to, like, this is, you know, meant for an eight-year-old or younger reader. It does have, this first book definitely has the, the, the feel like the boxcar children mysteries. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of detective work being done at a child's level, and that does get lost in the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having said that, I love both the book and the movie. You had one thing you wanted to add there, Luke? You mentioned, um, uh, like, during the sorting hat ceremony, oh God, please not Slytherin, please not Slytherin. That's something that a lot of, of, like, first time readers might not truly understand. We're we're seeing the wizarding world, and Hogwarts in particular, 
um, through the lens of someone who was extremely Gryffindor. Like, like mm-hmm. Harry is supposed to be like he could do well in Slytherin, but all he all he knows about it is that Slytherin is evil. It's the bad house. It gives birth mm-hmm. to like dark witches and wizards. And yeah, that's and that know. kid who reminds him of his evil cousin yeah. is a Slytherin. So and yeah, like in actuality, it's just kind of. It's just kind of like happenstance that Slytherin is like potentially the home of some dark witches and wizards. It's it's right. the home of the ambitious students, you know, the ones who right. like power and like to get things done. You there's know, it's probably not a bad more, house. There's probably just as many, you know, celebrities come out of yeah. Slytherin because mm-hmm. they want that. Yeah, and, it, and it's all equal. It's an equal amount of students, meaning that one fourth are just Slytherin and one fourth are Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. It's not that it's like an evil thing. Just statistically speaking, it's just probability. It's all an equal thing. It would have been an interesting story also if you would have wound up in Slytherin. It would have. See, going back to my DC comics, like why are there no Harry Potter comics? Marvel did this miniseries years ago called um, Speeding Bullets. And it's basically a what if the guy who created Captain America's serum mm-hmm. gets shot the day before they do the, the Captain America experiment. Hmm. So it's these ripple effects of like the Marvel Universe without a Captain America. Hmm. So everything becomes different and weirder. And, and for years I've been saying they needed to do a what if Harry Potter was a Slytherin. Because mm-hmm. I've written the first four issues of that miniseries already in my head <laughs> of like what happens. It, you know, my mm-hmm. head canon, yeah. you know, him and Malfoy by the end of it are friends because right? they were en- they become frenemies. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they have to live with each other every day. Malfoy has a crush on Hermione. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, story fan fiction about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of fan fiction. But Hermione dies in the troll attack and my uh, fan fiction Harry Slytherin God, that would be because of that. Yeah. Uh, right, because if Harry wasn't in Gryffindor, wasn't a friend of Hermione's. Yeah, and Ron still says the stupid thing to Hermione. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then the, you don't have Hermione figuring out how. You know, she's gonna figure out the basilisk attack in book two. Yeah. She's gonna figure out the vial thing and you know the the potion. Mm-hmm. And Longbottom becomes the chosen one because he's in that role of the hero. Hmm. You know. So, so it would be a. Neville Longbottom instead of Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Although the yeah. question does remain, at that point getting sorted into the house, he's already the chosen. Harry is the chosen. He's one the chosen. But I'm just saying, yeah. Longbottom mm-hmm. spikes the ball at the end. In my fan fiction universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Longbottom could still be the hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick, we want to just go around closing arguments, just. Uh, read the book. If you haven't read the book, read the damn book. You'll love it. There. Arguments been. over. <laughs> like I said, if you haven't read the book, you're already wrong. <laughs> no, just this is this is a really really good book. You could argue that it's children's literature, but that is not a bad thing. This is an amazing book for kids and adults. And just it, read it, and it gets better as yes. the story goes. Yes, the books do get a lot better. And I don't think this one's bad. Just if they get better. I, I, I start it's good. Yeah. It gets better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there are Which some in the first book, but it's a <coughs> first author's first published is, yeah. work. There's a ton of weaknesses in The Hobbit. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> but, like, for a first published, this is incredible. You argue there are weaknesses in almost any story you read. You <laughs> go back and read, like, Mark Twain's early stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there yeah. are cracks in the wall, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, Wayne, any... 
Nope. 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 <laughs> I love that long, thoughtful look you had, like, hmm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd have to say that I wasn't expecting the book to be like the movie. Because I, I liked the movie, and I, I thought the, the book was going to be a little bit more detailed, which, which it was, but I'd have to say that I really enjoyed reading the book. It was, it was definitely a good book. And you're the only one of us who... He's the only one who saw the movie before reading the book, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I saw the movie before. Oh, you saw the movie before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, I've he never read any of the books. He, he's read the first two books, but he hasn't... Three yeah. through seven, he hasn't read yeah. them. I was going to start three, and then Lewis said, oh, number one. I was like, back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Back to square one. Okay, okay, okay. I just want, I just want to know the dog. Yeah, because I, I like your point of view. See, for me, I read the first three books before the first one came out. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, I hadn't read any before the first one came out. I can't stand people reading to me. I just, it's just a. I tend to zone out. I, I as a, as a dyslexic, I do better with audio books on tape. I'm not a story learner, and I was raised by a dad who read to me every night. So yeah. I love it. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I, as a dyslexic, I learned how to read when I was 13. But I hated it up until I finally had a teacher who put a book on tape with headphones in front of me. Was like, I read The first thing that I, I was given was Jules Verne. Um, uh, but, uh, a thousand. Not A Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The Volcano one. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, okay. Journey to the Center of the Earth. That was the first time listening to this where I got it. I understood this is what a book can do. Nice. You know, Jules, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. That just before well, that, no, I hated it. yeah. <laughs> before that, I hated it, it, it. Being dyslexic, it it hurts to read yeah. sometimes. So yeah. I do uh, audio books. I do much better with. Um, it's a wonderful book, and. The series, it, it starts out, you know, the book is a 10-year-old boy, and the stories, they grow in age. He's 11. Or 11, yes, thank mm-hmm. you. He's technically... Well, he's technically a baby when I first said that. Yeah. I'm like, totally, like, Hermione, by the way. I'm totally Hermione when I was The story grows along with... It's Not the That was me, okay? And you know what? That came back when he hits it. And boom! And I was like, hey, you paid attention. Sorry, continue. That's all I had. It's good. No, like you said, he, as Harry grows up, the books grow. You know, the books get darker. They get more dangerous. They get... But, you know, as you grow older, you face bigger things. Yeah. And so, you know... As you get older, the challenges you face get... You have to read the first one. Don't just jump into the middle. Start with book one. Read all seven. They're fantastic. It's not a hard read, too. No, no it's very easy. No. Even the last books that are super thick are they're, 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 they're easy reads. They take longer, obviously. Yeah, they take me two days. No, I read the last one. Well, the, the last You're not one merely the better part of the year because I got halfway through. I, I, I started this one at 10 a.m. and finished at 10:17. Finished it at 9:20. Oh, yeah. Faster. Oh. Yeah, he means fast. Yeah. 
And I took about a two-hour break to go do dinner with friends. <laughs> okay, show off. Show off. <laughs> Thanks for, for those money. of us, for those of us who take longer than a day to read a book, <laughs> <laughs> it took me about eight days. Eight days. That's fair enough. Okay. All right, really. Um, yeah, I, you know, ha- unfortunately, being the last one, I tend to have to say I echo everything. <laughs> you know, read the books definitely. Um, you know, enjoy them. That like you know, people said they're not just for kids. Because Brad and I had a conversation. I don't think that a book should be just a kids book or just an adult book or just a, you know teens. Mm-hmm. I've always said you're gonna read a book and you only make it through it if you're ready to read that book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have there's certain books you just have uh, you know have to be ready for you know. Mm-hmm. And some people are you could be you know you know eight and ready for this book. And other people might not be ready for it until they're 20, you know. And it's just whenever you are ready to read the story. And so I think, you know, it's a, it's a great book and definitely good for people of all ages. Especially if you decide to read all the books, then, you you know, like we've said, you, you see things that are introduced here that you come back, next book, fifth book, the seventh book. It's amazing just to know that, you know, so... Um, I really don't have anything to add to that. Uh, just Fine. Yeah. Whatever. You <laughs> don't care. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll go around one more time and just if you're a fan of, uh, oh, if you like, fan of yeah, if you like Harry Potter, we're going to recommend oh. similar books. Right. Um, oh God! I mean, my standard for recommendations when it comes to things like this book are um, the Dresden Files. It's it's another one of those like <laughs> I think modern it's day. Harry yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to recommend <laughs> another book about a magician who's an orphan <laughs> whose name's Harry? <laughs> I am just as surprised as you are. Stop that. <laughs> no, it's, it's another like modern day magic story. It's a mystery series, and it's also it's written true. really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my recommendation. Mm. What? <laughs> Those are good books. Uh, I I would go totally different direction. L. Frank Baum, Oz books. Mm-hmm. He wrote fourteen of them. Is there fourteen? There yeah, fourteen. Very good. I and he passed away. Very easy. And they had been putting out publishing one per year, oh. and when he passed away. Ruth Plumley Thompson came over and added another fourteen to the series. So there are twenty eight like books so, oh no, God, to the canon. Um, yes. yes. Uh, my library had two thirds of them when I was <laughs> growing up and I read all of them at least three times. They're all in the public domain right now. I'm too, all so the you, can, you can get them for free. There's a few words. bombs are all for free. Yeah. Plumley Thompsons are not all available. Okay, those are not a little bit Romania. older American language. Yeah. So you just keep that in mind because it was written, you know, like a century ago or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> so there's a few, you know, archaic terms that we don't use anymore, but it's they're delightful. They're hilarious. Yeah. The continuity is a little. It's sometimes, odd, but it's odd, it's fun. I think that adds to it a little <laughs> yeah. bit. It's quirky. Because you get the, the, there are people, you get this all the time in comic books, who need everything to line up perfectly. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> so like, Just so you know ahead of time, there's some continuity problems okay. between books. Okay. However, they are enjoyable and delightful. Okay. So, uh, Dave? Um, I'd have to 
I'd have to say that if you like this book, then you'll probably end up liking Terry Goodkind. And there's a book in there, the very first one that he wrote called Wizard's First Rule. That was... That's a good series. Yeah, that, I really enjoyed that. So kind of kind of remind me of like wizard and wizard. I mean wizardry and sorcery and all this magic stuff, and, and kind of remind me of of Terry Goodkind series. Um, I forgot we had to do this, so I'm gonna pull this off the top of my head and mention that uh, there is a Harry Potter play coming out. That uh, is centered around Harry Potter's son going to Hogwarts, and something to do with—I forget the name of it—Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yeah, Cursed yeah. Child, parts and one and two. <laughs> right. <coughs> they, she has done a uh, a book based on the play. Nice. Well, I think it might That's be just a script. It's just a script, yeah. but you can pre-order it but, right now. Uh, yeah. But no, they're supposed to be done in, in actual in book, book form. form but well, bounded, but it's just yeah, a spring. But uh, that's coming out in uh, July. Yeah, summer. So probably just right before this uh, goes live, considering how far in advance we record. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. Um, I would say if you like kids experiencing new strange things and adventure, I would recommend The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, they're, I mean, they're different, but, you know, in, the, in this case, the kids don't actually have magical powers like Harry does, but they do encounter a lot of magical creatures and interesting scenarios, and they're well-read. So, C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia. Um, there were two of us kind of bouncing back and forth between, but I think I'm going to go, if you like, just, you know, fantasy in general, uh, I'd go with Terry Pratchett's Guards Guards, because it is got that mystery element to it, but it's also fantasy, and it's got dragons, <laughs> or a dragon, I should say, it doesn't have a bunch of them, but... Not technically dragons. Um, okay. Yes. Anyway, it's a good book and it's in that fantasy genre and it's got a lot of similar elements to things you read in the first Harry Potter book so and it was my first Terry Pratchett book that I'd ever read and it was a lot of fun so I'm going to recommend a series of graphic novels comic books no yeah called books of magic there is a vocal minority on the internet who truly believe J.K. Rowling stole the idea of Harry Potter from this comic book. Here's the synopsis. Timothy Hunter is like any other 13-year-old boy, aimlessly filling his days with television and skateboarding, but Timothy Hunter is also unlike nearly everyone else on Earth who is about to learn the reason why. In a word, magic. Time, uh, Tim doesn't believe in magic, of course, but it turns out that magic certainly believes in him. At least enough that some of its practitioner, or, yeah, practitioners are um, already actively planning his ultimate untimely death. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, it's written by Neil Gaiman, Never one to turn away from a good conspiracy theory. I don't necessarily believe that 
J.K. Rowling stole Harry Potter? When did that get published? It got published in 1990. 1990 was the same year she started writing it. So that's why some people are like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Deep, you know. It didn't, because, I mean, her book didn't get published until 98, but she was writing it in 1990. So yeah, like, I'm more than willing to believe, because the comic book distribution was a little different in 1990, that she might have seen the cover on a newsstand because the imagery is uncanny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It is very much, you know, kid, glasses, pet owl, magic. Skateboard, flying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a little bit more of mature readers. Constant. It, the, the main difference why I say it's not Harry Potter and why I'm willing to go, they're very similar. And to my knowledge, Neil Gaiman's never actually commented on the theory. I've only ever heard it brought up in one interview where Kevin Smith made a joke, and because Neil Gaiman is a classy guy, he sidestepped the whole thing. <laughs> um, so I don't know what his personal views on it are. I know it's very controversial that there are people who vocally are like, she stole Harry Potter. Um, but it, it's very, it, the way I would say, the reason why I wouldn't say it is, they're actually set in completely different universes. This is set in the Vertigo universe. Swamp Thing, Constantine, Sandman, okay. all make yeah. appearances. So it, they're not the same thing. Um, I could understand a little secondhand inspiration if that happened. I mean, yeah. I mean, there there are like original IPs that people come up with nowadays that you can draw conclusions to other things from the past, like a lot. You could you could. You could say realistically that there are no more original stories. It's just how you tell them, you know. And there's merit in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like something's bad because it's similar to something else, you know. And mm-hmm. I, th- I do want to give her a shout out because there were a bunch of times, even in the earlier days of Harry Potter, before all the books came out, that I heard different things before I even read the book. Like, oh, there Dumbledore just ripped off of Gandalf, and like, okay, yeah, okay. Like, I, 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 you know. Wasn't there also a lawsuit? That she was involved in, where somebody was saying that she had ripped off them, and, and they went to court. And somebody court filed a lawsuit against her a long time ago, saying that she took the names Harry Potter and Lily from their characters. Right. And they did. It's like a totally different kind of children's book. It's like I think it's basically like a picture book kind of thing. But the main character is Harry Potter, and he has a sister named Lily. But that was basically their only points of saying she ripped me off. So I think it was just thrown out of court. Yeah, dismissed. <laughs> I remember you got, got thrown out or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I heard a lot of things like, oh, she ripped off Tolkien. And you know, I heard stuff like that. Anybody who writes fantasy can be... Is ripped off Tolkien. He wasn't for that either. <laughs> so I, I will say, I mean, yeah, there are some uncanny things. But at the same time, just, you know, I, I don't, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. And Neil Gaiman doesn't seem like he's angry about it. I mean, yeah, and he even said that he thought about you know doing more of that story. But uh, anything he does, everyone's going to compare it to Harry Potter. Because yeah. what happens is uh, there's four volumes of Book of Magic, and the last they stopped publishing shortly after Harry Potter came out. <laughs> um, Harry Potter is clearly the more popular <laughs> character. And Neil Gaiman, on that interview I was talking about, he talked about how the game plan was to send him to a magical school. And he's like, can't do it now. 
just he's like I can't you know he's not he wasn't bitter about it wasn't angry about it but he's like anything in that direction I will never be able to write because it'll seem as I ripped her off yeah. Well, hell, let's let's dive deeper down the rabbit hole for a little bit here. In Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, the the main villain, the um, Crimson King, uses weapons called sneeches, and these sneeches are tiny little balls. I think they're silver, and he throws them at the at the people that he's trying to kill, and they fly around and like. He basically used the snitch from Harry Potter and kind of like put his little twist on it, knowing that he was going to make it like an, as an homage to, to Rowling's work. You know, it's I not like he did it like to rip her off. It I'd was like just positive. That. I'd have to disagree with that because there's an old '80s film called Phantasm. With the yeah, with with that same ball that that the the, the, the mortician mm-hmm. throws, and it, it's basically that's. That's where I saw the snitch from. This, from yeah, the ladies oh, movie called Phantasm. Actually, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah, yeah um, unfortunately, I think the it's actor late seventies, early eighties yeah, film. The actor who uh, played the um, I think it's like a mortician. The mortician recently passed away. Yeah, um, the tall man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was like a, he was like an old man. He was like a mortician and drove around a hearse mm-hmm. and, and he killed people with this this ball that and he like. Like move it with his mind, or he threw right. it, or something. And they, they had that and, and stick people in the head. And or usually, but they also, but the, the, the balls had unusual attachments. They yeah, them and used like saws and blades. Yeah, saws. Yeah. See, blades the ones from the Dark Tower would use like lasers to like cut you and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. uh, that that's interesting to me. Like, I wonder who inspired who. <laughs> well, I think Phantasm. Who's on first? I would have to say that probably Phantasm stole it from Stephen King. Hmm. Stephen so, King probably had the idea because the the Dark Tower those those books were written. Well, the first one was written in like the seventies, but yeah, the yeah. one where you see the Sneech is the seventh book, which was published not too long ago. Okay, mm-hmm. then, so. then you probably got it from Phantasm. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but I it just I needed to touch on the books of magic controversy just to bring it up. At least I I don't. I researched the crud out of comic books, and there's a lot of people who are angry about this idea. It's like, no, they're very different universes. They're they're not even meant for the same kinds of. It's different. It's apples and oranges. Yes, they're both round, but they're apples and oranges. They're both fruit, and they're different. They are different. But just as a, if you're an older reader and you're a Harry Potter fan. I would say give Books of Magic a read, and maybe you might get a chuckle at the idea that you know yeah. they are so similar. Right. So, um, okay. Next time. Okay, next time. Next time. What do we read next time? Uh, the author's name is Eric Flint, and the book is 1632 is the title of it. It is the genre's alternate history. Okay. Okay. So it's part of a series, and it's known as the 1632 series or the Ring of Fire series. And um, it it's set in 17th century Europe in which the small fictional town of Grantville, West Virginia in the year 2000 is sent to
to the past in central Germany in the year 1631 during the Thirty Years' War. The event that does it is called the the Ring of Fire. Basically, uh, there was... uh, I forget at this point what the event was. There was some event and kind of a town hall meeting and everybody was kind of in a central location in town and suddenly the sky went blindingly white and everything just kind of faded to white and then returned. There was no shaking, there was no loud kaboom or anything like that. And I think it's a 12 or 12 and a half mile diameter from town center, a circle. It's like somebody took an apple core and just went and lifted out this section and it got transported back to Germany because you get to the edge of the, the perimeter and there will be this hill that comes up and then it's just a flat face <laughs> and it doesn't match up to the land around it so suddenly you'll just kind of see this flat face that's a hill on the other side that this vacant lot kind of bumps up against but you have people with vehicles, gasoline, uh, that area. you got a lot of hunters. So there's a lot of guns, a lot of ammunition. But one of the things they end up doing is going through and taking a tally of what kinds of ammunition and what types of guns they have, you know. Uh Nobody's getting any more shipments of anything. We got stores, we have light bulbs, but uh, we're going to run out of light bulbs sooner or later. There is a coal mine, and the larger portion of the coal mine got transported back in the buildings and things still operate, and they have a power plant that runs off of coal. Hmm. So they still have electricity. They have meds to start with, but no way to replace them. But you have the ideas of these Americans, and suddenly they're back in the 17th century. And they're in the middle of this war amongst the German states and several other people, and they have history books that talk about what's happening. And word starts leaking out. So you have guys like Cardinal Reschelieu sending agents to get their hands on these history books (laughs) to find out what's happening in the future. And saying, okay, where they came from, this is what happened. How can we manipulate and change this into our favor now. So, yeah. That's terrifying. You know? And it is a really interesting read. And yes, you just have this small town, but with all of their technology and all of their weapons and things that they have, they're a power in and their own right. And they outgun everybody else. One redneck town, yeah. (laughs) And so, 
and they still consider themselves a part of the United States. So now <coughs> you have this town that is the United States of America back in 1631, 32. And some odd years before America even started. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my mind went to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the movie. That's a travel movie. The time travel movie, because when the turtles get sent to feudal Japan... Samurai's got sense of the future. I thought we could do that. So I'm thinking there's like there's some other book where in two thousand year two thousand a small German pops <laughs> up. You know, and you think that because you know every action there's an opposite equal reaction. These guys went to the past. Where did that core that they went up? Obviously, had to go to the future, but. That's not the story they're addressing in these books. <laughs> they have no idea what the event... They, they call it the Ring of Fire because everything goes white and then fades back. Mm. And that's why they call it... How many books are in the series? Uh, at this point, 15. Okay. <laughs> that's right. my series. And it's a shared universe set. So you have the author who originated it working with other authors. Oh, my God. But you also have uh, anthologies. They have a really large fan fiction base. But for the anthologies, it is an edited fan fiction. So it's not the, oh, you might have something really well written and then you might have a piece of garbage fan fiction. If it makes it into the Grantville Gazette, it's a piece of good fan fiction, or it doesn't make it in there into the anthology. That is cool. And I it was when they can embrace that kind of thing. And so it was actually the first book that I read of the series was one of the Grantville Gazettes. I'm a fan fiction. And I'm going to, yeah, all right, uh, I'm going to stop this right here. Okay, there you have it. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, next month, we are reading uh, 1632 by Eric Flint. Uh, it's a really good novel. It's a um, bestseller. Uh, alternative history, time travel. Uh, best way I can describe it is a bunch of rednecks in the South uh, stuck in the War of 1632. Uh, there's a whole series of them. The 1632 series. Uh, really fun read. Really good novel. Uh, hope that in the interim you take the time to actually read the novel. 
That's why we do these once a month, to give you, the listener, um, time to, to read and, and uh, uh, to read along at home. So uh, let us know if you are reading along at home. Let us know if you're enjoying these. Uh, please like, subscribe, um, uh, comment on the iTunes. It just makes it so much easier for everyone else to find the podcast. And thank you, loyal listener. Have a good one.